In Japanese folklore, yokai are the spirits, demons, and monsters that haunt our world, taking the form of plants, animals, objects, humans, or natural phenomenon. These yokai usually possess spiritual or supernatural abilities. Tsukumogami is a yokai taking the form of an object, specifically a handheld tool that has a spirit. A prevalent yokai in the Japanese Middle Ages, the idea of a Tsukumogami has declined in recent times, where it is now applied to many more objects than just tools. It is a spirit harmless to humans. Though in the end, yokai may be a product of the imagination, there once lived an evil that, like the yokai, came in many shapes and forms, a monster that haunted Japan from 1984 to 1985, and was very real. This is The Monster with 21 Faces. Last time, professional voice analysis is conducted on the suspect's phone calls, while police release information on the videotaped man, and poison snacks continue to surface in stores. Morinaga launches their 1,000 yen pack, selling candy in person and on the street as they receive government aid to maintain operations. Targeted by the monster, another company, House Foods, joins the ever-growing list of the monster's prey. As a second agreement for the media to remain silent, protects them from suffering the same financial fate as Glico and Morinaga. Behind the scenes, House Foods, prepared to face the monster head-on, teams up with investigators for an upcoming money handoff. Episode 6, You Are Being Watched. Listener discretion is advised. November 14th, 1984. House Foods Headquarters in Osaka prepares 100 million yen, divided into two white bags. The money is loaded into a white van and driven to the National Route 1 restaurant, Sato, in Shimotoba, Fushima, Kyoto, at 6.10 p.m. Arriving at Sato at 6.53 p.m., an investigator posing as a House Foods General Affairs employee sits and waits in the van, as instructed. Another undercover investigator waits within Sato Restaurant, waiting at House Foods Isaka Branch for a phone call at 7.30 p.m. to relay to Sato is General Manager Hiroshi Wada. At 8.21 p.m., House Foods Isaka Branch received a phone call. Hiroshi Wada answered to the instructions of the monster, this time, however, voiced by what seemed to be a male child. The boy's voice repeated four times, Look at the back of the bench at Jonangyu bus stop. At 8.31 p.m., the white cash-carrying van departed Sato for Jonangyu bus stop after receiving the instructions. Arriving at Jonangyu bus stop in Fushimi, Kyoto, at 8.38 p.m., an investigator found the note one minute later at 8.39 p.m. on a bench. You're being watched. Enter the Meishin Highway through the Kyoto South Interchange. Drive 85 kilometers per hour towards Nagoya. Stop where the circle is in the diagram by the handicapped parking spot at Otsu service area. I've put a letter on the back side of a map signboard where the X is. Once you see it, do what it says. On the diagram provided by the monster, locations listed were the resting area, bathrooms, handicapped parking spot, Otsu service area, and map signboard. Right away, the cash delivery van headed for the service area. The cash transport vehicle arrived at the Meishin Otsu service area in Shiga Prefecture at 8.56 p.m. and found the next instruction at 8.58 p.m. It was a note and map in a brown envelope stuck to the back side of a highway guide map board with double-sided tape. Once you see this note, start moving quickly. Drive 85 kilometers per hour to Kusatsu parking area in the driving lane. Have one person keep a lookout so you don't miss the sign for the parking area. I've put a letter on the back of a bench where the circle is, in the diagram at the Kusatsu parking area. Do as it says. On the diagram provided by the monster, locations listed were the bathrooms, Kusatsu parking area, shops, phone booth, and benches. While still at the Otsu service area, a Kyoto investigator watching over the cash delivery van noticed a man who appeared to be watching the investigators standing in the public phone booth located next to the service area restaurant. The man wore a dark-colored windbreaker suit with a dark golf cap pulled low over short permed hair. 
He also wore light brown tinted sunglasses, through which he appeared to stare at the cash delivery van while holding the receiver of the phone to his ear with his right hand. The investigator got the attention of another, and both began approaching the man from about a meter and a half away. The man hung up the receiver and began walking away from the phone booth. The Kyoto investigators, working within the operation under the command of Osaka police, radioed in the sighting of the suspicious man to Osaka command, asking permission to detain and question him. The investigators were told that the transport of the cash delivery van until the apprehension of a criminal attempting to take the money from the van itself was the primary objective, and that the suspicious man was not a priority at the time. The man quickly got away from the parking lot through the pedestrian passage beside the guideboard on which the instruction note was placed. He descended a flight of concrete steps to the general road and vanished from sight of the investigators, who were unfamiliar with the geography of Shiga Prefecture. The Kyoto investigators returned to their post. An additional investigator on duty at the Otsu service area at the time, while standing behind a tree, saw the man and the short chase that ensued. This investigator was one of those who lost sight of the fox-eyed man in Kyoto Station on June 28th, and was positive that the man he saw chased from the phone booth on this day was the same person. The investigator attempted to take photos with a concealed camera. However, due to its limitations, the camera was in the wrong direction and only took photos of the ground. Additionally, Another investigator saw a suspicious white Nissan skyline speed away from the area where the fox-eyed man disappeared. The investigator only got a partial license plate reading of 8-9. The operation along with the cash delivery van departed Otsu service area headed for Meishin Kusatsu parking area, arriving at 9.20pm. Another note was discovered one minute later at 9.21pm. Once you see this note, start moving quickly. Drive 60 kilometers per hour towards Nagoya. Once you see a 30 centimeter by 90 centimeter white cloth on the railing on the left side, stop there. There's an empty can beneath the white cloth. Follow the directions written on the letter inside the can. Investigation headquarters immediately commanded an undercover police car traveling ahead of the cash delivery van to scout out the location to confirm the position of the white cloth. Traveling to Nagoya on the expressway, five kilometers east from the Kusatsu parking area, the white cloth made of shirt fabric was found tied to the left fence at 9.45 p.m., but there was no can to be found after a search of the area. The operation decided to sit and wait as they had no further instructions with the can missing. Had it blown away with the next note in it? Had a passerby picked it up? Was it ever even placed? Found at 9.45 p.m., the 30 centimeter by 90 centimeter white cloth was attached to a thin steel bar at the end of an L-shaped bracket and wound with wire. It was estimated to have been placed between 8.50 and 9.18 p.m. This is because at 9.18 p.m., neighboring Shiga Prefectural Police, totally unaware of the operation as their department was not included, drove about on their normal patrol. One Shiga officer in a squad car came upon a suspicious station wagon with its engine running and headlamps off on a road passing beneath the expressway where the white cloth was to be found. There appeared to be one occupant of the station wagon. The officer pulled his vehicle up alongside the suspicious station wagon and shined his flashlight on the driver. The driver was described as a thin-faced man in his 40s, wearing a sweater and a cap pulled down low concealing his face partially. Through an earphone, he was seen listening to a radio receiver. Startled by the appearance of the police officer, the man drove off with a jolt, speeding under the expressway and hitting a sharp right, going south on a narrow winding road toward a river levee in the direction of Kusatsu City, driving skillfully. The Shiga officer followed him in hot pursuit, with sirens wailing as the driver was seen to still be manipulating his earpiece. Passing through a tunnel from the narrow alley and past fields, the station wagon disappeared on a three-way street at the entrance to the Kusatsu Railway Station shopping area after a four-kilometer chase at 9.24 p.m., 20 minutes before the white cloth is found by the House Foods and Osaka Police Operation. At 9.25 p.m., the station wagon is discovered abandoned near the Kusatsu Station in front of Iwasa Pharmacy in Kusatsu City. The station wagon's license plate read 2189 and was found to be the same one stolen two days prior on November 12th 
from the electric company Kyowadenshi in Nagaokakyo, Kyoto. A push-button type radio had been installed beside the parking brake lever, and power to it had been left on when abandoned. The radio set and earphones found left in the vehicle were modified and set to intercept the frequency of Shiga's prefectural police dispatch. At 9.35 p.m., 10 minutes before the white cloth is found by the Osaka operation, the Shiga Prefectural Police Department issued an emergency deployment from Kusatsu Station to search the area for the driver, but it was too late. At 9.48 p.m., an additional emergency deployment was made from nine adjacent stations, three minutes after the cash delivery vehicle arrived at the White Cloth. At 9.50 p.m., a Shiga police officer canvassing the area found a suspicious man on a bicycle in the street of Kusatsu City, about 200 meters away from Iwasa Pharmacy, where the station wagon was abandoned. The man was wearing a hunting cap and had a 2-centimeter hook piercing on the right side of his nose. He was about 35 to 45 years old and estimated at about 165 centimeters tall. The man disappeared into the night on his bicycle. The suspicious man would come to be called the man with the hook by investigators on the case. On the Kusatsu River embankment, about 150 meters away, another suspicious man on a bicycle was also witnessed after 10 p.m. The man was about 30 years old and had long straight permed hair under a safari hat. He wore blackened eyeglasses and a light blue v-neck sweater. When the police tried to question him, he too escaped into the night. This man is referred to as Glasses Guy. At 10.20 p.m., reports from the Shiga Prefectural Police to the Osaka Investigation Headquarters claim that the distance between the white cloth and the suspicious station wagon starting location were about two kilometers apart. This led investigation headquarters to immediately decide that the Shiga event had nothing to do with their operation as it was located too far away. After waiting less than an hour, at 10.30 p.m., the Osaka operation decided to leave the location of the white cloth, taking it into evidence, believing the whole thing had been designed simply to test the police again. Most senior Osaka officers thought the culprits would show themselves in the densely populated Osaka or Hyogo areas, where they could easily disappear into the crowds, rather than in the sparsely populated Shiga area. For this reason, Osaka police did not include Shiga prefectural police in the operation, leading to the escape of the suspect in the station wagon, topping off their failure in the escape of the fox-eyed man once again. After 11 o'clock p.m., Osaka command received another report from Shiga, who had been asked to review the distance between the locations of the suspicious vehicle and the white cloth again. The distance reported this time by Shiga police had gone from 2 kilometers to only 50.8 meters. Osaka Investigation Command now considered Shiga police to be responsible for the failure of their operation, as well as for not apprehending three different suspicious men that evening. The Shiga officer responsible for startling the suspect in the station wagon would soon resign from his duty for his role in the escape of a major suspect in the crime of the century. The prefectural police of Osaka, Hyogo, Kyoto, and Shiga, together with the leaders of the National Police Agency, opened a joint investigation conference and decided that the four prefectural police departments would cooperate in the investigation. Investigation headquarters placed a great importance on the, quote, treasure trove of evidence found in the abandoned station wagon, which was thought to be prepared to receive the cash drop. Left inside were 24 items, including a customized transceiver capable of listening in on police radio communications in six prefectures, including Osaka, Kyoto, and Hyogo. It was set to the frequency used by the Shiga police when abandoned. Among the items taken into evidence were a modified radio, a woman's bag, which is one of 455 pieces made by a manufacturer in Sumida, Tokyo, 14 rolls of adhesive tape in a bag, white cotton rope, a black household garbage bag, gloves, pliers, two wires, same as the kind used to attach the white cloth to the overpass, clippers, two brown tea envelopes, a safari hat with fake straight hair attached to it, The hat was produced in Nagoya. There were only 60 of each color and size sold at more than 60 shops such as Otsu City Supermarket, Heiwado Katata Shop in Shiga, and Izumiya in Nishinari, Osaka. A small vacuum cleaner manufactured by National, and polyethylene carrier bags. 
also found was a large number of fine substances and particles. The Justice Investigation Headquarters thoroughly examined all of the evidence, and as a result, were able to track down most of the manufacturers and sales routes. The remodeled radio was a 144 MHz band handheld FT-208 model manufactured by Yasu Musum, headquartered in Tokyo, who were interviewed by investigators. It was one of 357 units sold at the electronic shop Yamamoto Radio in Akihabara, Tokyo, between 1983 and 1984. Later investigations revealed that the radio was remodeled by a radio shop in Kobe City, narrowing it down to 40 units. It is obvious at this point that the criminal group is knowledgeable in the field of amateur radio. Some models of amateur radios were able to receive broadband signals with a simple modification and could be easily purchased at an amateur radio shop. There was also a Radio Life magazine that published the remodeling method, expanding the pool of potential suspects to the entire amateur radio community. In the station wagon, the radio's receiver was modified so the user could receive frequencies within the Shiga prefecture, which were analog at the time, prompting police to push for a switch to digital communication systems. Osaka investigators also began secretly training with low-output radios in an effort to combat the criminals. A search of the car's fibers and surfaces revealed a wide variety of hundreds of substances and materials, such as membrane pieces, aluminum vapor deposited tapes, soft vinyl chloride, gold sand for polishing, hemp and cotton fibers, and even dog hair, as well as many kinds of aluminum alloys, including Superdur Alumin, a hard, light alloy of aluminum, which is a material used in aircraft fuselage manufacturing. Investigators tracked down the industries and places where these substances may have come from, examining the customers and employees who enter and leave them. However, there are too many kinds of fine materials present in the car. During the investigation, a metal plating factory stated that they may have had sodium cyanide stolen from their inventory. Electroluminance shaving scraps from electronic parts, referred to as EL, were found in the car. The only electronic parts plant in Otsu City where the EL scrap waste is produced was visited by investigators. The plant reported that a suspicious waste collection and disposal group had entered the facility recently. It had also come to light that there was industrial waste disposal and collection work done around the flood control warehouse where Katsuhisa Izaki was held for ransom. One working assumption was that someone within the criminal group had dealings with industrial waste collection and disposal. Although most of the fine matter detected in the vehicle were metal shavings, CMC, or carboxymethylcellulose, a pharmaceutical polymer powder, was also collected. An industrial chemical company in Itami City, Hyogo Prefecture, which manufactures CMC, reported an unknown individual coming in and out of the facility. Also in the station wagon, the gloves found were worn out and appeared to be a type used by trash and scrap workers. No fingerprints were found in the car. In fact, an expert opinion concluded there was evidence that while being chased by the police, the driver had cleaned up traces of himself before abandoning the vehicle. Around this time, a theory began among investigators tying many events in the Glico Morinaga case to a railway. On March 18th, the water defense warehouse Katsuhisa Izaki was confined in was located next to the Japan National Railway Osaka Carrier Station, a location not known to many locals. On April 24th, during a Glico extortion attempt, there was a telephone box in front of Takatsuki Railway Station where instructions were placed by the monster. On June 28th, the trains between Kyoto and Takatsuki were the stage for the tense chase and first sighting of the fox-eyed man. And here on November 14th, it was the Kusatsu Railway Station, near which the Shiga officer lost sight of the suspicious station wagon. Though the risk of being witnessed by passengers along the railway was higher, it also provided a convenient mode of transport. Were members of the group train enthusiasts, or were they employed by the railways? Investigators assumed the criminal group must have had a hideout somewhere along the railway. Caught up with by reporters and cameramen, Katsuhisa Izaki was asked, Question. Did you hear about the crime? Answer. Yes, I did. Question. What did you think about it? Answer. Well, 
I just really want them to solve it. Statement. They're saying inaudible things about you again. Response. No, that's not possible. Katsuhisa then entered the rear seat of a car and was driven away. Read in full, an article published on November 16, 1984, reads Headline Previous Attempt The gang responsible for poisoning sweets and planting them in Japanese stores in an attempt to extort money from the Morinaga Company had previously attempted to blackmail another food firm, Marodai Foods Company, which specializes in ham products, said on Wednesday that the Monster with 21 Faces gang had sent it a letter on July 3rd threatening to poison its products unless they were paid 60 million yen or $250,000. With that, Marudai Foods' involvement in the Glico Morinaga case was known to the world. Around 4 p.m. on the 19th of November, a threatening letter was found at Wakanami Confectionery, an affiliate of Morinaga. Discovering the letter was Wakanami President Toshiaki Sakishi. To Morinaga's fools, you understood our power, right? You were fools for relying on the police. Your company will be destroyed in four months. We haven't been caught now for nine months. We hold to our promises. We will abduct the chairman and president and destroy the company. If you want to do the transaction, do as we said before to the vice president and post an advertisement in the Mayanichi newspaper on the 20th, 21st, and the 22nd of November. Recruiting women under 25 years old, healthy women. We're paying 550 yen for transportation expenses positive and fun job. Put this out as one of the branches of candy store. Price is 200 million yen. Monster with 21 faces. The sender was listed as Tatsuo Suda, Morinaga's HR department chief, and the envelope was postmarked in Ibaraki two days prior on the 17th between noon and 6 p.m. A 60 yen stamp was attached. Wakanami President Sakeshi called Morinaga's Tokyo headquarters to consult. The letter was delivered to the National Police Agency at 7 p.m. Later in the evening of the 19th, a letter arrived at the home of Ishikiri Tosho, Morinaga Confectionery Secretary General Manager in Setagawa Ward. To Yurikami, you have good employees, from the restaurant to the flag. 2.30... 12.30, 7.45, 6 In three places you have five minutes. Start. It's taking ten minutes. I'm with Morinaga now, so I'm busy. I'll call you when I'm free. You already know what happens if you tell the police. Monster with 21 faces. The envelope was postmarked in Ikoma two days prior, between noon and 6 p.m., a 60-yen stamp was affixed. Ignoring investigative headquarters and not joining the Japan Newspaper Association and Japan Magazine Association, a new left-wing publication, People's Newspaper, located out of Tenman, Kita, Osaka City, reported on the House case on November 21st. However, the press agreement to remain silent stayed in effect as the report had not yet been sold widely to the general public. After consultation with the Metropolitan Police Department and the Osaka Prefectural Police, on the 21st and 22nd of November, Morinaga publishes a job posting in the Mainichi newspaper for a position at a candy store, which is a chain store of Morinaga. Recruiting women under 25 years old, healthy women, were paying 550 yen for transportation expenses. Positive and fun job. On the 22nd of November, in a weekly Yomiuri magazine, famed writer and creator of fictional Japanese hero Moonlight Mask, Kowan Kawachi pens a message to the monster with 21 faces. Stop your blackmailing so children can enjoy a happy Christmas. I'll pay you 120 million yen. I await your reply. On the 24th of November, a letter arrives to the Mitsui Urban Hotel in Tokyo. It is meant for writer Kowan Kawachi and is the reply he requested two days prior. To Kawachi, we watched Moonlight Mask. It was great. We could relax and watch TV back then. 
Now you see TVs everywhere, especially in the evenings. It's crazy. Do you think we bully the children, having them eat candies and get cavities, or prevent them from eating them? Which one is better? You should buy candy at small-time candy stores one at a time. It's not something to be bought at a supermarket in bulk. You said you will present us with money, but we don't need that. We are not beggars. We can get as much money as we want from these rich people and companies. We will not take money from those who don't have it. Money is something to make with your own strength. Sorry to disappoint you. Take care of yourself. Our life was dark. There were many bad things that happened. We became bad because the world is bad. Who made us like that? Tomorrow, the world is ours. Monster with 21 faces. The envelope was postmarked in Fushimi, Kyoto, two days prior between noon and 6 p.m. The sender was listed as Monster with 21 Faces. Another letter arrived that same day to newspapers around Japan. To all mystery fans across the country, part two. Did you read the Yomiuri on the 20th of November? We greeted police at a transaction worth 300 million on the 2nd of June. They ignored our greeting. So we did too. There were five or six police cars driving. There was a fool in the taxi too. No taxi runs there at nighttime. We told them to come with the company's car alone. They came with a different car and two of them inside. Sounds so stupid, right? The letter came from the weekly Yomiuri. That editorial chief knows that we're sensitive about obligations and human feelings. But we are. Unlike the police, keeping our mouths shut. We won't tell you who did what behind the secret transactions with us, but since we're already talking about it, I'll tell you two things. The copy machine is close to the Kyoto's university copy place in Hyakumanben. We can't see how the police keep using tax money for nothing. I'm also a large income person. We made the copy using carbon paper. We used it for that. We can't make 40 sheets. No matter how much you research the copy, you won't find us. We only went to that place once. We don't own a red car. Good job, police. You can't find us by studying objects. It's been eight months already. Suzuki says that catching us in the act is the only possibility of getting us. We'll help the police so they don't waste any more tax money. We will do a secret transaction with the company in Osaka or Hyogo within one month. Prepare 30 proper policemen for each place and study things well. Until then, we'll stop putting hydrocyanic acid around. Door-to-door -door investigations won't lead anywhere. Additional policemen won't help either, so stop both of these. Kids are only getting scared. Watch out for annoyed policemen in the dark alleys. Mr. Kawachi from Moonlight Mask, you are a good man. We'll send you a letter, but we're not the begging type of people. We don't need money. Monster with 21 faces. The letter arrived at Mainichi, Yomiuri, and Sankai newspapers on November 24th, postmarked in Fushimi, Kyoto, two days prior, between noon and 6 p.m. A 60-yen stamp was attached to the envelope. In this letter, the monster speaks of a copy center near Kyoto it claims to have used to make copies of their letters for various companies. This copy center had a mirror in the copy room, one meter tall and one and a half meters wide. Investigators replaced the mirror with a two-way mirror and began a watch of the customers. This operation never yielded any results. Read in part, an article published on November 25, 1984, reads, Headline, Extortionist Wages War Against Japanese Firm, The Baltimore Sun, Tokyo. They stand on street corners or near the entrances to busy subway stops, a little too well-dressed in their dark blue business suits to look entirely comfortable hawking the brightly colored bags of candies and sweets stacked up beside them. Irasai, or welcome, they shout to passers-by and those who stop to purchase one of the 1,000 yen bags. Quote, it doesn't matter which one of them you taste first, one of the candy hawkers tells a couple, eyeing one of the bags. Quote, it's perfectly safe. The remark is one that, in the midst of Japan's most widely publicized criminal investigation, 
hardly needs explaining. The men are all executives of Morinaga and Company, one of Japan's largest confectioners, and they are out on the streets hawking their candy in a fight to save their company from the ravages of a shadowy gang known as the Monster with 21 Faces, which has been lacing Morinaga candies with poison in the most spectacular extortion case in Japanese history. Quote, the street sales are not for making money, but to demonstrate that we will not give in, said Yukio Kitano, a spokesman for Morinaga. Although police maintain they are making steady progress in the case, their efforts have won them nothing but scorn from the gang, which has been taunting its adversaries in a series of scornful letters mailed to Japanese newspapers. The police appear to be losing face, along with their much-cherished reputation of efficiency and invincibility in a society where crime rates are low and social cohesion high. Quote, Half a year has passed since the group committed its first crime, the Yomiuri Shinbun complained in a recent editorial. Quote, we do not recall a case in which criminals have made such fools of the police. If so, it has not been for a lack of police effort. In the past four weekends, police sent 40,000 men, nearly one of every five Japanese policemen, to inspect supermarket shelves for poison candy. On the 26th of November, a letter arrives to Hyogo Police's chief director, Takeshi Yoshino. To Yoshino of Hyogo Police Department, you saw our challenge, right? What I'm telling you is for your own good. Stop door-to-door investigations and putting more policemen on the streets on weekends. It's pointless. There's no point in investigating objects left behind. We won't be found by objects. You understand this by now, right? You have to catch us in the act. On the 14th of July, you were pitiful. What on earth was that investigation? You really didn't improve in the last 10 years, have you? You got a little better since Marodai and Moraguchi, though. But you won't catch us like that. Media won't stay silent forever. They're getting annoyed. We're training you police by pretending we get fooled. Be thankful. We love police the most. Masuda and Yoshino, who graduated at Tokyo University, can't even catch us. If you don't change your executives to people with more experience, you'll never catch us. We helped you this much so far. You can't face house because you're ashamed. We won't send this letter to the media. One more favor from us. Monster with 21 faces. The sender on the envelope was listed as Detective Counselor, Monster with 21 Faces. It was postmarked in Yuko, Kyoto, the day prior, between 8 a.m. and noon. A 60 yen stamp was affixed. This letter was shared only with the press club, but was not reported on until the cancellation of the silence agreement. That same day, on the 26th, two Morinaga manufacturing plants restart production because of the positive impact of their sales of the 1,000 yen pack. Three days later, on the 29th, three more Morinaga plants restart production. Four days after the police chief of Hyogo received a letter, the police chief of Osaka Prefectural Police, Osamu Shikata, received a letter as well on the 30th. To Shikata, we sent the letter to Yoshino of Hyogo Prefecture Police, so we're sending it to you as well. You're not a fool. You know our moves well, right? We also know all of your moves. We've been together for nine months now. Be a bit more quick on the next transaction. We're sick of training the police. Door-to-door investigations and increased policemen on weekends are embarrassing. Do you know what police box policemen do? Most of the reports are done irresponsibly. They use the computers right, but the documentation is a mess. Whatever kind of meetings they do, it's no good. I'll tell you something good. We got a reply from the next company. They told us they'll give us a hundred million. So you too. Surrender and do as we say. Bow your head on TV and we'll send you the typewriter. Monster with 21 faces. The sender on the envelope was listed as Maneuver Investigation Officer Monster with 21 faces. A 60 yen stamp was affixed. On the same day, the 30th, Yoshimori Kinoshida, Morinaga Dairy's Industry Chief of General Affairs, received a letter at his home in Yokohama City, Kanagawa Prefecture. To Morinaga fools, you promised you will pay 200 million. 
we'll definitely be getting that money. From the 3rd until the 8th of December, advertise in Mainichi and Sankei. Same as Glico before is okay. Don't complain to us. Have an employee seven-year-old girl write the advertisement in children's writing. To Monster with 21 Faces, my dad has troubles. Mother is crying. If company gets destroyed, we will have trouble. Other companies are also getting destroyed, so we are in trouble. Stop the bullying. Write this in childlike advertisement. You can write a long letter. After you put this advertisement out, we'll tell you where the transaction will happen. Monster with 21 faces. The sender was listed as Masanori Ishikawa, Morinaga Dairy Secretarial Section Chief. It was postmarked to Hirakata, Osaka, the day prior, between noon and 6 p.m. A 60-yen stamp was attached. For the first time, there were lines printed on the paper beneath the text of the letter. Around 2.20 p.m. on December 4, 1984, a ham radio operator in the Iwanai area of Hokkaido happened upon a 7 MHz transmission of a one-sided conversation where the names Tomasaboro and Monster with 21 Faces appeared. The conversation is from the side of Tomasaboro. Roger, that's definitely it. One, two, one, six. If we go to R6, we have to buy a round-trip ticket so we can be back on the same day, so they can't track where you're going on R6. And even though we're currently looking for another command regarding 7, 7 and 8 are relatively, um, on high alert. So for now, R or R6 have the most promising information. Monster with 21 faces, this is Tomasa Boro. Roger, by the way, what's going on with Fujiya? Are they not going to pay up? Nah, we should probably give up on Fujia. Anyway, on 1216, we'll go with a Zone 6. But if we catch a plane, we'll go to R6. That's definitely how we should do it. Monster with 21 faces. This is Tomasaboro. Yo, I hear you. Um, I'm switching to another band. This is awful. I'm switching. The conversation lasted for 3 minutes and 37 seconds and was determined to be in a Kanto and Kansai dialect. 1, 2, 1, 6 is thought to refer to the upcoming date of December 16th. 7 and 8 are believed to refer to designated areas within Japan, and R6 and JR6 refer to the Okinawa Postal Management Office. This conversation is strongly thought to be related to the Gligo Morinaga case and the criminal group Monster with 21 Faces. Unfortunately, only the communications from Tomasaboro's side can be heard. This conversation and recording by a radio operator on the island of Hokkaido is known as the Hokkaido Tape. This tape recording was distributed to ham radio shops from one of Osaka Police Headquarters' criminal investigation divisions. An example of the tape handed out at radio shops right on the outside. This is recorded by a ham radio operator in December of 1984. Do you recognize any of the voices in this radio transmission? Does the radio traffic have any special characteristics? Our conviction is to, quote, resolve this case no matter what. It's alright even if it's something small. We're asking for your help. National Police Agency, Designated Incident, 114. Contact Information, Investigator. This incident caused suspicion within the amateur radio community. The Hokkaido tape, which mentioned Fujiya, a chain of stores, was intercepted three days before the first threatening letter was delivered to them on December 7th. The letter meant for the president of Fujiya, Shinjiro Fuji, arrives at the home of Kaiji Chijiri, Fujiya's labor manager, located in Chigasaki, Kanagawa. The correspondence includes a letter, hydrogen cyanide powder, and Katsuhisa's voice tape. If you do not want to see the same as Glico and Morinaga, you will pay 100 million yen. We will call Tajiri's home on December 11th at 9 p.m. and play NHK's 7 o'clock news music if you pay. Also on the 7th of December, a letter arrives at Yomiuri Newspaper's Tokyo headquarters. 
Note. The weekly Yomiuri asked if we can write a diary for them. Some of our people think weekly Yomiuri is our enemy. We aren't the type to write a diary, but we can't say no to people asking, so we'll do it. To all mystery fans across the country, we will tell you, we don't want to write about Glico. We will only tell you about Morinaga. We will tell you why we chose Morinaga. Meiji is the biggest company in the sweets industry. After Glico, we will go after Meiji. Anyone would think that, right? That's why we didn't go after Meiji. Morinaga had an arsenic case before, so they know the fear of poison. If the director wasn't such a fool, he would listen to us. We didn't have a good judge of character. Morinaga's president was really a fool. He made a boring official statement and listened to the cops. He didn't think of the employees and told the police. We don't want to bully employees. If police come into the play, we also have our pride. We'll do our best. We'll keep our faces. We have friends in the police, but the police are funny. They're scared of the fact that we have a friend there so they won't investigate. So we can say anything we want. Police fools think they can keep a secret. Police headquarters wants to keep secrets, but we already know about them. When we sent out the challenge, police came to one of our friends' place. Police fools only asked about the color of the car and the family name. They asked what they bought. Such fools. That's not something the police would say. They lied about it in the reports with something like, Did you see odd people? Did you see the video? Did you see the typewriter? And so on. Even if you drink coffee in the coffee shop or if you sleep in the police box, you write a perfect report. That's what the police do. Morinaga fools depended on police. President and executives acted cool. The people below them are the ones who got hit. We sent them letters several times thinking we had a deal. They got friends with the police and only think about catching us. It would be good if they caught us. Morinaga should be destroyed. President has a lot of property. They'd rather get destroyed than do the deal with us. The ones who will get affected are ordinary workers. In the Moriguchi case, our friend called, and Imai answered. Imai was scared of us and couldn't talk. He immediately called the police. He said, please excuse me with this? What the hell is that? When they aired the children's voice on the TV, he cheated. Employees weren't the ones who said okay. It was the police. They did what they thought would be profitable for them. If the police are actually doing good work, try catching us. We're training the police. When the case of Morrow died, police lied. They knew that if they'd follow us, they'd get their money taken, so they did something sly. I told them to open the window so they could throw the bag off of the train, but they didn't do that. From the other windows, police were looking. They saw us waving the flag. It's a white, one-meter-long flag. We're fools, but the police are even bigger fools. The biggest fool is Morinaga. Morinaga will get destroyed in six months. Poor employees having a stupid director. We'll do the same. By the way, that weekly Yomiuri is annoying. If they post our diary, their magazine will sell well. If they don't show gratitude, they'll get something bad. Send the money that was intended for us to Africa. When we had to evacuate, we were hungry too, and it was tough. If you're hungry, you get miserable. Kawachi of Moonlight Mask is taking us lightly. We never said that we won't kill. When we kill, we will kill many. People say that we are afraid of a death sentence, so we won't kill. If we were scared of a death sentence, we wouldn't be doing this. So far, we haven't had any reason to kill. We'll decide whether to kill or not. We decide if you live or die. Hero of justice is Moonlight Mask. We are bad guys, number one. Our weak point is that we are affected by people's feelings. So, little brother at Yomiuri won't get scolded now. This was a long letter, so let's wrap it up here. Monster with 21 faces. Postmarked in Nagoya, two days prior, between 6 p.m. and midnight. Names mentioned in this letter are Yuko Hirano, Osaka's Prefectural Police Investigation Chief, Imai, who is actually Jiro Kawai, Morinaga Confectionery Kansai Sales Department Chief, 
the writer of the letter thought Kawhi's name was Imai. Morinaga had an arsenic case before, so they know the fear of poison. This line in the letter refers to an incident in 1955, best outlined in the report named The Morinaga Milk Arsenic Poisoning Incident, 50 Years On. In part, it reads, At the end of June in 1955, a strange illness spread among bottle-fed children in the western part of Japan. According to their mothers, those children started suffering from fever and diarrhea without showing any other symptoms beforehand. They were also throwing up the milk that was fed to them, and doctors were not able to identify a specific reason for their sickness. It was on August 10th when the illness was reported for the first time, appearing in Okayama's Sanya newspaper. The writer of the article, Mr. K, was himself a parent with an eight-month-old daughter. The newspaper headline read, Babies affected by the summer heat. Many occurrences in the southern part of Okayama Prefecture. Some serious cases with anemia. The article went on. Due to the continuous heat during summer, babies, particularly in the southern part of Okayama Prefecture, are suffering from anemia. This has resulted in some infants in a critical condition in Okayama University Hospital and Okayama Red Cross General Hospital in the past week. Extreme cases are exhibiting symptoms similar to those of leukemia sufferers. In these instances, patients have lost up to a quarter of their blood and have required treatments such as blood-forming medicine or blood transfusions. Mr. K had been covering Okayama Red Cross General Hospital at the time and was told by one of the nurses that, quote, a black baby had been coming for examinations recently. He became curious and inquired about this to the head doctor, to which the response was, quote, I think it is molenia. Some antibiotic medicines, such as penicillin, caused the whole body to become moldy and the skin to turn black. At the time of the first report, Mr. K's brother and 10-month-old niece were visiting from Tokyo. Both Mr. K's own daughter and his niece were bottle-fed babies and had consumed Morinaga-powdered milk. Soon after they were fed the milk, they started suffering from diarrhea. When they were presented at Okayama Red Cross General Hospital, their doctor said, quote, You do not have to worry, but stop using the Morinaga powdered milk and change to one from another company. It was not until 12 days later, on August 24th, that the powdered milk produced by the Morinaga Milk Company was found to have been mixed with arsenic. Mr. K's daughter and niece recovered as soon as they stopped consuming Morinaga powdered milk. Mr. K started to wonder about this incident and frequent Okayama Red Cross General Hospital. On August 19th, he found the letter M on the records of 16 patients who had been hospitalized there. It turned out that all of those who had been marked with an M were patients who had consumed Morinaga powdered milk. Mr. K wrote a draft article which was due to be printed on the morning of August 10th. Its content included a reference to, quote, infants who had been fed Morinaga powdered milk, but this draft was not published in the morning edition. Rather, it appeared later that day, in the evening edition. Moreover, during the editing process, quote, fed Morinaga powdered milk was changed to, quote, bottle fed. It is claimed that this change was made for a reason ordered by the company, according to Mr. K's memoranda. It had been clear since around August 5th that something was wrong with Morinaga powdered milk products. In the publication, a report on the occurrence of arsenic poisoning by powdered milk in Okayama Prefecture, a diary entry written by Dr. Aiji Hamamoto, pediatrics professor in the Okayama University Medical Department, makes reference to this date. All of the pediatricians at Okayama Red Cross General Hospital were pupils of Dr. Hamamoto, and some doctors from Okayama University had sought help there. This meant that information about the recent events reached both hospitals immediately. This begs the question, what if they had announced the danger of Morinaga powdered milk in early August when it was first detected? Furthermore, had they made an announcement on August 12th when Mr. K presented his baby, the damage would have been significantly less. Instead, the announcement was postponed until August 24th when arsenic was found in Morinaga powdered milk products tested at the Forensic Medicine Laboratory within Okayama University Medical Department. August 24th, 1955, this incident was given extensive coverage in every newspaper. The Asahi newspaper headline read, Strange illness occurring in bottle-fed babies, three dead in Okayama. However, the word Morinaga still did not appear in the headline of Okayama's Sanyo newspaper. 
As a result of this, readers were not aware that consumption of Morinaga powdered milk was the cause of illness unless they read the whole body of the article. It was assumed by many that the issue was common to all bottle-fed babies. Numerous mothers who became upset by the article rushed to the hospital and lined up outside, in spite of the hot weather, to present their babies. Out of 197 bottle-fed babies who were presented to Okayama University Hospital on August 25th, 94 were found to be suffering arsenic poisoning from Morinaga powdered milk. In Okayama Red Cross General Hospital, there was not enough room for all the patients, so some were forced to occupy beds in the halls. A newspaper article on August 25th reported the number of patients in Okayama Prefecture to be 216, and more than 100 in each prefecture of Kinki, Chugoku, and Shigoku regions. In Okayama, five patients had officially died from the poisoning, and even more deaths were estimated. It was reported that patients were showing symptoms of high fever, diarrhea, darkened skin, and their abdomens had swollen up. The following day, the number of patients nationwide reached 1,463, and 23 were dead. The medicine used to treat the arsenic poisoning was British Anti-Lewisite, or BAL. BAL was originally discovered in the United Kingdom during the Second World War as an antidote for arsenic gas used in combat. Who could ever have imagined that such a virulent poison was being mixed with powdered milk designed for babies? The information about why arsenic was present in the powdered milk was the cause of much confusion. Arsenic had only been found in a powdered milk product called, quote, MF Cam, which was produced at a factory in Tokushima. While 13 of the elements added to the powdered milk were taken to Okayama University Medical Department for examination, no trace of arsenic was detected in any of them. It was actually Morinaga Factory in Tokushima who announced that arsenic had been found in sodium phosphate a chemical being used as a stabilizer. The stabilizer had not been sent for examination, so all of the tests performed during the investigation had effectively been done so in vain. It had not been known to anybody but producers that a stabilizer was being used in the powdered milk. At the time, there were no refrigerated tanker trucks for transportation, so the milk was becoming oxidized on the long trip from the farm to the factory. The quality of milk used was a major factor. If milk of low quality is used for powdered milk products, it is difficult to dissolve in water for consumption. This problem does not occur if good quality milk is used. In the case of Morinaga, the milk being used was almost rotten, therefore they needed to add sodium phosphate as a stabilizer. According to the press release by Morinaga, they had been using this stabilizer since 1952. Sodium phosphate can be classified into three grades of purity, known as reagents. These are the first reagent, the second reagent, and the grade suitable for industrial use. Believe it or not, the type of sodium phosphate that Morinaga had been adding to their milk was the one for industrial use, which is more commonly used as an insecticide or for cleaning boilers. In fact, during the time in question, the scales at the factory were broken, so the stabilizer was not measured before being added. This is why the amount of arsenic found in each product was different depending on the date of production and lot number. The sodium phosphate in which the arsenic was found was actually produced from industrial waste. This particular waste was generated during the process of refining bauxite into aluminum at the Nippon Light Metal Company factory in Shimizu. It was first delivered to Japanese National Railways, but was returned due to the presence of arsenic. This sodium phosphate was delivered to Morinaga factory in Tokushima after being rejected by many medicine companies. The Nippon Light Metal Company made an inquiry to the Ministry of Welfare via Shizuoka Prefectural Sanitation as to whether this, quote, medicine would constitute as a poison in accordance with the, quote, poisonous and deleterious substances control law of November 1954. They did not receive an answer from the Ministry of Welfare until November 1955, the following year. If their response had been completed much earlier, this incident would never have occurred. Aside from these details, it is needless to say that all producers have responsibility to their customers when it comes to product quality, including components that are best used for cleaning trains, as demonstrated by Morinaga, is nothing short of irresponsible and dangerous. Nothing can excuse the actions of Morinaga. It is clear that they neglected both their duty of care as well as security practices, which in turn led to this incident. In contrast, 
Once the investigation was underway, Morinaga insisted in criminal court that they had been, quote, deceived by the medical company. Morinaga claimed to have thought the medicine was the same as what they had been using before, and therefore did not check for quality. They claimed this was an offense by the medical company against, quote, the principle of trust. The response from the medical company was mixed. On one hand, they accepted the fact that they had actually delivered a low-quality product. On the other hand, they stated, quote, If Morinaga had made it clear what the medicine was to be used for, we would have delivered the proper product. The medical company did not ask about the usage of their medicine, because Morinaga wanted it to remain confidential. The reason Morinaga chose to use low-quality milk as a material was due to a sudden increase in their share of the powdered milk market. This growth was the result of an effective marketing campaign, which included a baby contest and commercials featuring well-known personalities. Their market share had exceeded 50% by 1955. The amount of milk Morinaga collected increased by 3.1 times over the period between 1950 and 1955. Morinaga had outdistanced their competitors, Yuki Jirushi and Meiji, by 2 times and 2.6 times respectively. As previously mentioned, there would have been no need to use a stabilizer at all, if only Morinaga had used fresh milk as a material. Although they had been advertising that beta-dry milk, a higher-ranking product than MF can, was safe, it turned out not to be true, according to a recent thesis. Morinaga was found not guilty at the first trial in Tokushima District Court on October 25, 1963. At a review by an appellate court in Takamatsu High Court on March 31, 1966, the original decision was reversed and remanded. Following this, at a hearing in the Supreme Court, a final appeal was rejected on February 27, 1969. Eventually, it was through Tokushima District Court that they had a factory production at Morinaga, Tokushima, was sentenced to three years imprisonment. It was one of the top ten longest lawsuits in history. The 7th of December also saw Morinaga publish an advertisement in Mainichi and Sake newspapers. In the ad were letters written by the children of Morinaga employees, meant for the monster to read. Of course, though, this letter, written as if from a child, was another instruction from the November 30th letter. After this newspaper posting, Morinaga was to wait for further instructions. To the monster with 21 faces, my dad has troubles. Mother is crying. If the company gets destroyed, we will have trouble. Other companies are also getting destroyed, so we are in trouble. Stop the bullying. Three days later, on December 10th, the police released the press agreement surrounding the House Foods intimidation case. This was the second such deal over the course of the Glico Morinaga case. Next time on The Monster with 21 Faces. No one believes the police anyway. I'll tell you something good. On the 9th of December, we took 100 million from a company in Hyogo Prefecture. We won't use this money for a month. If you find us before the 15th of January, you will get the money. This production was brought to you by The Dark. Sound design, score, and letter readings were done by Austin Michael Riley. Narration, research, an information compilation was done by Michael Wellborn. Our executive producer is Nick White. The events in this program are true and took place between 1984 and 1985 in Japan. This presentation of the case provides a timeline of the facts as accurately as possible. The letters by the Monster with 21 Faces criminal group are read in as much entirety as possible with the resources available at the time of making this. The letters, news articles, and information were compiled from various books, websites, videos, and articles. No copyright infringement is intended. A list of sources can be found at themonsterwith21faces.com, as well as a video and photo archive of the case. Apologies for any mispronunciations, errors, or omissions. With the help of listeners like you, this may be corrected. If you have any new or useful information, please send it to us at 21monsterfaces at gmail.com. That's the number 21monsterfaces at gmail.com. This project is the product of intrigue and research over nearly 15 years. 
It is provided for your curiosity at no cost. Though, if you appreciate the work, a donation is welcome and can be given at themonsterwith21faces.com. For more art by The Dark, visit us at darkart.com. That's D-A-R-Q-Art.com.